Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church, and thank you for joining us both at home and here in the sanctuary. We're just blessed to have a time and we can gather together and worship today, and we're looking forward to that. Before I get started, just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Number one, I hope everybody had a great time at Virtual VVS this week. It was a pleasure for us to be able to put that on. Beth and all of our workers did such a wonderful job, and we just hope that you got to experience that. The good news is that should still be out there, and you can actually go back and do it again and again and again. So uh, make sure that you uh, take the opportunity to go out there and check out the videos that were put out there. Second thing is tonight at 6 o'clock underneath the portico, the married group is going to be meeting um, and we're going to be having a potluck kind of, not potluck, we're bringing our own food this week. So bring your own meal, your own chairs with your family, come on out. The kids have a playground to play, but we're just going to meet together in person and just get to spend some time with one another, just catching up, especially as the summer kind of winds down. So if you are a guest in the house today, we want to take this moment and just especially welcome you here today. If there's anything that we can do for you, we have wonderful guest people that are out there in the foyer. They can point you to any direction that you need to go. And also, if you don't mind, take a moment and there's you. There should be a guest card in the chair in front of you. Just take a moment and fill that out. If you're online, don't forget to message us, especially with prayer requests and the things that you might have going on in your life so we can help minister to you. But as we get ready for worship today, join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the ability to come into your house. We thank you for what this day means to us because it's our respite. And we're able to catch up and take time just for you and focus on you. And Father, we know we neglect that during our busy weeks and sometimes we get sidetracked. So today, just clear all that stuff out of our minds and let your spirit move among us as we both sing the song that the praise team is getting ready to lead us in. And let us just be um, moved by the word today as it penetrates our heart, as Harold shares it. Father, we know that there's a lot of things going on in this world and people are busy and traveling. We uh, pray a special blessing on them. Just watch over them and care for them in this time. And Father, as we continue to move forward, just be with our leaders as they make decisions and be with us that we can just truly love one another and not focus on the negative, but always focus on you, which is love. So Father, be with us today. We pray all these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. We would like for you to join us this morning in some song. Uh, stand up where you're at. Don't move around too much and turn around and yell at somebody and tell them that you are happy to see them this morning. Thank 
Good morning, church. Just want to take a moment and pray over our offering. I'm uh, still holding on to this offering plate, even though we haven't used them since March. Uh, but that hasn't stopped you from giving. And uh, we just want to thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, some of you have been able to give here in those boxes when you leave. And uh, those of you watching online, you're able to give on our website. Uh, you can text to give. Uh, lots of ways to give. You can mail it in. But uh, we just want to thank you for faithfully giving. Uh, I think our giving is even ahead of last year's. And so we worried about that a little bit when uh, COVID came along. And uh, yet you all have taken that concern away and given faithfully. And uh, we don't take that for granted. Uh, we thank you that we can continue to do all of our ministries and support our missionaries. And so thank you for giving. Uh, let's ask the Lord to, to bless our giving today. Father, we just want to give you praise today. You are worthy of our first fruits. Uh, thank you for the faithful giving of your people. Uh, thank you that we've been able to continue all of our ministries and, and even more and look for opportunities to be a blessing and to minister to people. And uh, we pray even today as people uh, give, some online and some here, that you would bless and multiply the giving. Uh, Lord, we want to use it to make Christ known and to minister to the needs around us. And uh, we give you praise because we know that all that we have is from you. And uh, we pray we'll be good stewards of it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, we ask you to continue to stand with us as we sing a song that uh, you're probably going to recognize.
thankful for the cross, and I hope you've been to the cross and realize what Jesus did for you at the cross, and I just want to say a word to those joining us online. Sometimes when we start gathering in person, we forget about those uh, watching online, but thank you for joining us, and uh, we uh, would encourage you to share this service maybe with someone you know, and uh, even leave us a comment. Maybe tell us how you're doing. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we can't uh, watch the comments right now, but when service is over, I love to go back and look at the comments. And so uh, tell us how you're doing, and uh, we're here for you. If we can minister to you in some way, uh, call the church office or let us know. We'd love to do that for you. Uh, last week, we talked about healthy at home. This morning, we're going to talk about healthy at work. We'll be in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about healthy in our culture and healthy in the church. And, uh, and so this morning, how to glorify God through our works and our service. And uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And let's pray. Father, would you bless your word this morning, and would you remind us that not only did you save us by your grace, but you called us to, to be your workmanship. You appointed us to this. You uh, equip us for this. You send us out there. You work through us to accomplish your purposes. And, and uh, Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you would use this verse and this message today to encourage someone uh, to serve you. And to rely upon you to accomplish what they can't do and what I can't do on my own, but for you to work through us to accomplish your purposes. We pray you would do that and be glorified, maybe even save someone this morning. We, we pray for that, and uh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So when I started thinking about this series, I, I was going to kind of piggyback off the governor's healthy at home, healthy at work. Uh, and do healthy at home last week and do healthy at work and kind of talk about how we can glorify God at work. And when I say healthy, I'm talking about spiritually healthy. Uh, he's probably talking about physically healthy, but, but uh, spiritual health. But I realized that we talked a little bit about uh, working when we were going through Colossians. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so when we were in Colossians, I, I said a couple things here. Do your best at your job at all times. Do your best. Uh, work hard, not just when the boss is around, uh, but even when he or she isn't around because you are working unto the Lord. And secondly, work as if Jesus was your boss. And that would probably change the whole perspective. Uh, and I want to remind you this morning that work can be an act of worship if we work out of reverence for Christ with the desire to honor Him. And so I decided this morning that I would talk about glorifying God through uh, good works and service. And uh, I thought maybe I should start with a word of caution. And so uh, Luke chapter 10, 
38 through 42 is a very familiar story. Uh, it's a, when Jesus visited Mary and Martha. It says in verse 38, as they went on their ways, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that, your, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And what we see in that short story is that, that Martha got distracted by serving. And yes, serving is a good thing, it's an important thing, but it's not the primary thing. It, service is always secondary to worship. And so Jesus taught that. He, he said in verse 42 that Mary has chosen the good portion. And what Mary was doing back in verse 39 is she was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teachings. And I've come to realize in ministry that uh, I can fill my life with good things and serving others and, and hard work and fail to obtain the one thing that Jesus said is most needful, and that is worshiping the Lord and drawing near to Jesus. And so ministry fatigue and burnout occurs when serving and meeting the needs of others supersedes spending time with the Lord. So we need both of those. We need our time with the Lord. We need to be nourished by the Lord and by His Word. And then we need to go out and, and do some service and minister to others. And uh, I know this, we as pastors and, and churches, we most often affirm and highlight the Marthas, those who are working diligently in the church, and we're thankful for them. But Jesus affirmed a Mary who sat and worshiped lavishly. And so I think we need to learn something from that, maybe be reminded of something from that. Listen, when our much serving results in meager worship, we've lost the priority of Jesus who said there is one thing that's needful, and that one thing is to worship and to know Him. And so kind of a pre-warning this morning is that we can't allow our work and our service to eclipse our worship. Um, now, so I've said that. Now I want to say that we can glorify God through good works and through serving. And, and listen, we want our members to be involved in ministries and service to the church. And uh, I like to ask members to be involved in at least one ministry of the church every year. And that can change from time to time, but, and it's okay to be in, involved in more than one ministry. I, there's lots of good ministries here, and I like to participate and know about them and, and all that. We don't want anybody doing them all, uh, but at least one. And so it might be a, a life group leader or a greeter with our first impressions. It might be on the praise team or the choir. It might be someone on the security team and someone working with our children's ministry or our student ministry or serving on a council or a committee or just so many areas to serve. Now you might say, well, why do I have to work and serve? Well, I want to answer that for you because God saved you and added you to the body and he wants to use you for the sake of the, his kingdom. And so we, I want us to look here at Ephesians chapter 2. I, I love the book of Ephesians. It reveals to us some of the mysteries of grace. And so let me just point out a few things that we uh, discover about God's grace in Ephesians. 
uh, Ephesians 1, uh, chapter 3 says that, or, or Ephesians 1, verse 3 says that, uh, that we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And so we have these spiritual blessings through Jesus. Uh, verse 4 says that by grace we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Verse 5 says that we've been adopted as sons. Verse 7 says we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. And so it's rich in telling us what we have in Christ. Then we turn to chapter 2, and uh, just Paul reminds us that God's grace reached out to us when we were dead. It says in verse 1, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. We all lived that way in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That, that was our condition before Christ and before His grace. We were dead in our sins. We were headed towards hell. And verse 4, but God, we always like it when we see but God, but God being rich in mercy, God being rich in mercy and grace because of the great love with which he loved us. And so we were, we were headed towards destruction. God in his mercy loved us so much that it says in verse 5, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And so we've been saved by grace. Verse 6, And raised up with him and seated he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the, here, here's our inheritance. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And so grace has come. It has saved us and it has secured our future. And uh, verse 8 and 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of our works, so that no man may boast. And so God in His grace brought our salvation. And so everything that we have as believers is ours through and by the grace of God. We haven't earned anything. We don't deserve to be saved. Everything that we have in Jesus Christ has been given to us by the free grace of Almighty God. And church, as a result of that grace, Paul says, now we are His workmanship. I want to talk about that word. I want to give you three uh, points in this marvelous verse. The first one is the workmanship of the Lord. God does not expect us to repay Him for His extravagant grace. We, we couldn't do that in any way. But here's what we could say. God does expect a return on His investment. And the grace that saves us is the same grace that brings about real change in our lives. This change allows us to live for Him, uh, to serve Him, and to bring glory to His name. Now, we looked at verses 8 and 9. Uh, for by grace we've been saved through faith. It's not of our own doing. It's a gift of God. It makes clear here that, that works... And when I say works, I'm talking about our good deeds, our fruit, our acts of service. Our works do not contribute to our salvation. 
We're not saved by what we do. Verse 9, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And so listen to me. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. However, I don't want to stop there. The proof that God's grace has indeed saved us is our works after we're saved. John Calvin said it like this. We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. James says something similar to that in James 2.18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, James says that my works will prove the reality of my faith. And so we come to Ephesians 2.10, and it shows us what the Lord does in us when He saves us and how He works through us to accomplish His will in the world. And so let's jump in there, verse 10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. This word workmanship is, is an awesome word. It, it's the Greek word poema. It's the word for which we get our word poem or piece of literary workmanship. And this word came to refer to an author's magnum opus, or his greatest literary achievement. In other words, it referred to that person's masterpiece. And so Paul is saying that the redeemed saints of God are his masterpiece. And that's, that's humbling. Can you get a hold of what God thinks about his redeemed that he sees us as his masterpieces. I, I like to refer to it sometimes as trophies of grace. In uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, Paul speaks of the redeemed as God's love letter to a, to a lost world. Let me read a couple verses here. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all, and you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Now I want you to get that. If you are saved, your life, in a sense, is God's love letter to a lost world. And so he has written on our life and, and through us, he tells the world that he loves sinners. He tells the world that he sent his son to redeem lost sinners and that this saving grace is available to you, to sinners. Uh, and so our lives, witnesses to the gospel, that Jesus Christ can change a life, can forgive our sins, can bring us into His family, can secure our eternal future with Him forever. Adrian Rogers said this, You are God's billboard upon which He writes His love for the lost. No artist paints a painting to hide it in a closet. Every artist wants his painting to be seen by many. And so listen, let me say this again. I've said it before, but God didn't save us to sit within the walls of the church. He saved us to be on display to the world. We are His workmanship. And notice it says that we are created. That word created means to form or to shape. It refers to making something out of nothing or to make something new. And that's what the child of God is. One moment, He's dead in His sins. That's chapter 2, verse 1. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. And the next thing, we are alive in Christ. 
And so when a sinner is saved, it, I believe it's just the greatest of all miracles. When God saves a sinner, a new person is formed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation or a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so, a new crea- listen, just as the, the sun, the moon, and the stars, all of creation declares that there's a God, that there's a creator. Nothing declares his glory and his power more than a life that has been redeemed by grace. And so all around this room are living, breathing testimonies to the life-changing power of God. We are examples of his workmanship. Dead sinners, redeemed, transformed into something of infinite value in God's sight. And so we could say that this is a room full of God's masterpieces. Now that ought to make somebody shout. If you're online, you ought to shout. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. We are God's masterpieces. And so let me point out a couple things here. Created in Christ Jesus, that, that reminds us that our salvation rests in Christ alone. The only way that a sinner can be saved is by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's salvation in no one other except Jesus Christ. And the bottom line is, if you are in Christ Jesus, saved. And if you are not, then you're lost. 1 John 5, 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And it's talking about eternal life. Now, you might ask the question, how can I be in Christ Jesus? How can I be His workmanship? Well, that first word there, in the first word in verse 10 is for. And again, that connects us back to those preceding verses. And, and we've already talked about them a couple times. But, but for by grace we're saved through faith and not of ourselves. It's not our own doing. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest we would boast. And so we did not save ourselves. We didn't turn over a new leaf. We didn't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. No, we are saved by God's gracious gift of faith to believe in Jesus. And therefore, the end of verse 9 says, there will be no boasting. We're not going to get to heaven and be boasting. By the grace of God, we're there. For by grace you're saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And so we don't boast. We praise and we serve because of God's grace. And so we, we are His workmanship. Uh, if we're His workmanship, then let's consider, number two, our works for the Lord. Paul goes on to say that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, works don't save us. Hopefully we've nailed that down. But works are a sure product of our salvation. Good works are proof positive that we have been saved by God. The good works of our new life in Christ stand in contrast to the old works of the flesh. And so if you want to turn back a few pages to Galatians chapter 5, let me show you the difference between the works of the flesh before we're saved and the works of the Spirit after we're saved. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, those are all fleshly things. It goes on about envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the likes. Those are all things of the flesh. But we were dead in that sin. But now we've been made alive in Christ. And verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. There's a big difference between the ways of the flesh and the ways of the Spirit. And so let me ask you, do you see a difference in your life now as compared to before you were saved? And let me just give you a warning. If there's no change, there's probably no salvation. The grace that saves us is the grace that changes us. Listen, when God saves us so and changes a a life, He gives us a new heart, and He moves into our lives. He takes up residence within us. John 14, 17, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And so Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so if He is in your heart, He will let His presence be known through the way uh, you live your life. Matthew 7, 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. And uh, listen now, there are many who claim to be saved, and maybe they've made a profession, and they've joined a church, and maybe they've laid down a, a few of their sins, but many have just, they've missed out on Jesus. And there's no evidence that He dwells in them. And because they missed Him, their lives never changed, and they never produced these good works that are evidence of genuine salvation. And so let me say this, God's desire is that every one of his redeemed saints bear fruit to his glory. Colossians 1:10, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so uh, Jesus called us to repent and believe. And if you truly repent and believe on Jesus Christ, these good works will mark your life. Not the works of the flesh, but the works of a new man. If you're saved, you have a new heart. And you can't help but believe that you will want to work and serve in some capacity for the sake of Christ. Now, referring to those works, Paul says, which God prepared or God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. And so the last point this morning is our walk with the Lord. And this verse makes it clear that God expects His people to walk in good works. That word walk means to make one's way, to regulate one's life, to make full use of opportunities. And the tense of that word suggests that it is a once-for-all decision to walk in these good works. In other words, it's not something you turn on and off. It's, it's not as if you walk with God for a year and then you just turn it off for ten years. It means that you commit yourselves to living the way that God intends you to live. Now you say, preacher, how does God intend me to live? Well, the, the, how, the Bible tells us. We're to, here's how we're supposed to walk. We're to walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We're to walk in holiness, 1 Peter 1, 16, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We shall walk in love, John 13, 35, by this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. We're to walk in obedience, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We're to walk in integrity. 1 Corinthians 4.2, it is required of stewards that they must be found trustworthy, reliable. We're to walk in Christ-likeness. Romans 8.29, God is working in our lives to make us more and more into the image of His Son. 
And, and listen, all that is a process we call sanctification. God saves us from a life of sin, and He begins this process of transforming our lives so that we might resemble more and more the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that when we get saved, we're not perfect in regards to sin, but we're changed. We're never going to be perfect until we're glorified. We're not perfect, but we're changed. And that change should manifest itself in an ever-increasing holiness before God and in the world. Now, the truth is we're all work in process. We know that. Uh, but I have some good news to share with you. Uh, Paul assures us in, in Philippians 1.6, uh, he says it like this, that uh, I'm persuaded... I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so God starts this work in our lives. He gives us faith, we believe, and God is going to bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And then this last little phrase in, in Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has prepared or he has an ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. And that reminds us, church, that we're not saved by accident or by happen chance. It was God's plan to save us by His grace so that we might live for Him. And we see that glorious truth taught throughout Scriptures. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you or set you apart. I appointed you a, a prophet to the nations. We know in Luke chapter 1 that angel comes to, to Zechariah, the priest, and, and told him that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a son. And we know that son would be John the Baptist and that he would go before the Lord and prepare the way for him. And listen, the, the same is true for us. The Lord has a plan for our lives. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. You know, we think we're going to do it our way. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his ways. But the Lord establishes or directs his steps. And so, listen, this is easy on us. Our, our duty is just to surrender to his lordship in our lives and allow him to take us and use us as he wills. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's your spiritual worship, that's your act of service. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now let me say this, living the Christian life, it's not rocket scientist, science. You, you find the path that God has laid out for your life, and you walk in it for His glory. Uh, and know this, true faith should be marked by good works, by fruit. Now, that's what James meant when he said faith without works is dead. And so I'm going to just continue to warn you a little bit this morning. If, if good works and faithful service are missing from your life, then saving faith may be missing from your life as well. Martin Luther, who was kind of the champion of faith alone, he wrote the following. Faith is a living, busy, active, powerful thing. It is impossible for it not to do us good continually. And never ask whether good works are to be done, but has done them before there is time to ask the question, and it always it is always doing them. In other words, our faith naturally produces good works for the glory of God. Now, let me just pause for a minute and say, 
so often we say things like, well, I can't do that. Uh, the nominating team comes and asks us to consider serving in a particular area, or the pastor comes and, and uh, would you be willing to serve in this ministry? And we quickly say, I can't do that. And we say, I can't do that without realizing that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. He prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we've got to get our confidence off ourselves and put our confidence in God that he has prepared us for that work. And I'm trying to be careful this morning. I'm not trying to guilt anybody into more busyness. And, and sometimes the church is, busy at, is good at keeping people busy. Listen, busyness does not equal godliness. Busyness does not equal discipleship. But when God, through His grace, saves sinners from the deadness, the deception, and the depravity of their sins, He does not save them to, to live as they please. He brings them out of death so they can walk in this new life in Christ. He, he brings them out of deception so they can know the truth. He brings them out of depravity so they can walk in righteousness. He does not save us so that we can live for ourselves. He saves us so that we can live for Him. He saves us so that he can use us for his glory in this world. He saves us to put us to work for him in bringing a lost world to Jesus Christ. And so as we prepare for an invitation this morning, consider these questions. Have you been saved and changed by God's grace? And that, that's the most important question. Have you been changed and saved by God's grace? And if not, listen, you need to come to Jesus today. And if you come and turn from your sins and come in faith, he will save your soul. The second question is, is your life marked by good works and faithful service that glorify God? Can you look at your life and see some things? No, listen, your good works and your faithful service should help affirm your faith. And likewise, lack of Good works and faithful service might affirm your lostness this morning. Listen, if that's the case, we want to help you with that. And then for the believers, listen, I just want to say God calls you His workmanship, His masterpiece. And so let me ask some of you this morning, are you, are you doing everything God has called you to do? And if you can't say yes to that, let me just invite you just to fully surrender to His will. And uh, maybe this morning... Uh, you just need to say, and every so often I think we need to say this to God. God, my life is yours. You died for me. You purchased me by giving your life on the cross for my sins. And I just want to offer myself afresh to your service. And I want you to use me for your glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We're humbled that you would consider saved sinners your masterpiece. We realize uh, but you have a plan for each of us, and uh, you have ordained us for good works, that we would use our lives to, to bring you glory and to accomplish your purposes. And uh, just remind us today that we've been bought with a price, and that price was the blood of your son Jesus. And, uh, and now we're to live for you. And if there are some here, and maybe even members of the church, maybe they've been deceived about their salvation. We remind them today that it's by grace that we're saved and convict those maybe who aren't serving you, especially those who have no desire to, to serve. And, and, and convict some today, Lord, if they're in their sin, 
dead in their trespasses and lost. And we pray you would rescue them from, from hell by saving their souls. I, I pray that they would understand the, the call of the gospel to repent and believe. We, we want someone to do that this morning. We pray for those that are lost that they'd be saved and for those on the sidelines that they would find a place to serve. And Lord, help us as a, as a church to, to be able to help people find uh, where they can serve and grow in their faith. Bless this time, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, some of you need to be saved by the grace of God, and we invite you to come. If you're online, we invite you to uh, put a comment on there or tell us you want us to, to follow up with you or send me an email at hbest at burlingtonbaptist.org. I suspect that uh, somebody might need to say, uh, listen, I, I'm a member of this church, but I've not plugged into a ministry, and I've been on the sidelines long enough, and I, I love to find a spot. To, to serve the Lord. And uh, we'd love to help you. Uh, Beth, she she have a preschool place for you or, or we could make you a greeter or you might want to be a, a Bible study leader. Or, listen, let us know how we could help you uh, serve the Lord. And uh, maybe the Holy Spirit's leading you to make some other decision. We, we invite you to do that this morning. We're here to, to help you in any way that we can.
Amen. If you're still listening at home, thank you for staying to the end. And you might want to put a comment to our praise team and say, man, you all are God's workmanship. You're masterpieces. Thank you, guys. You, they're awesome. Amen. So put a comment on our online service. We got uh, just a real important announcement we want to make you aware of. Uh, in two weeks, uh, August the 2nd, we're going to make a couple changes. Uh, our first, our early services move until 830 and, uh, and then at 9.30, we're going to have a Bible study hour. And uh, all of our Bible studies are going to be at that hour. And then our second service will be at 10.45. And uh, there are several reasons for that. Uh, one reason is so that all of us can be in a Bible study. Uh, in the past, we've always been here in the service while Bible studies are going on. And so this will allow us all to be in a Bible study. And uh, it will keep us from trying to clean rooms uh, with COVID because we're all going to be meeting at the same time and some other advantages, uh, but primarily it just helps us to encourage people to be growing through the Word of God. And so that'll start August the 2nd. We'll be communicating more about that in the next two weeks. And on August the 2nd, we're aiming to be able to have nursery and uh, up to two-year-olds. And uh, we're working hard on that. We'll probably have reservations to make sure we, we got all that under control. And, uh, and if that goes well for a couple weeks, uh, we're hoping by August 16th to be able to have all of our kids' classes. Uh, and so uh, we don't want to promise it, but that's what we're shooting for. And so stay tuned, and we'll make more announcements next week. Uh, but continue to pray for us as we work through some of those things. And thank you so much for joining us this morning. Just a couple more things before we sign off and pray as uh, the Words of Worship is going to happen on August the 9th. They're going to have a concert here. We are not sure yet whether it's going to be inside or outside. Um, Beth and I are going to try to shore that up, and we think that they're going to lead worship for us there that morning, that Sunday morning at church. So we'll get to sit out there and watch somebody else, which will be pretty good, uh, give these guys a break. But um, other than that, on your way out, the Dollar Club, the clear box is on the way out of here. And um, join me for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity, again, to just come in your house and sing and, and worship and, and just uh, hear a little bit about your word and, and what it means in our lives, Lord. And help us to be doers uh, instead of just listeners or, or whatever. And um, Lord, just help us to just find a place uh, in your service where we can serve. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to do that because we would always want to just to go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ and what he did in our lives. Lord, bless us as we leave this place and continue through the week and help us to whatever we left here, uh, this morning we don't pick up tomorrow and carry with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.